morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Sorry, running a little bit late this morning. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back so we can chat about what is happening up in the stars above for today, which is Friday. Happy Friday to everybody. Hopefully everybody is hearing me because I am hearing weirdness in my sound. Um, everything's okay. Uh, good morning, Christine. Good morning, LS. And the reason I say it has already been a hell of a morning is as I was, as I prepare my show every morning, I get all my notes together and then I print them. So I have them in front of me so I can see. <laughs> and this morning, of course, my printer didn't want to work. First off, it's not that old of a printer. So I refuse to go buy a new one. This is just ridiculous to have to buy a new one at this point in time. So I shut it down, shut down my computer, restarted, everything was working fine, and then it paper jammed. So there's this one piece, this piece, right? It seems so simple to pull out. You just squeeze it, pull it out, take out the paper, but the effort doesn't fit back in. So I've spent the last 20 minutes trying to get that to go in so that I could print what it is that I'm going to say to you today. And I mean, it's just one more annoyance uh, of the technology world. My friend Terry, if you're listening to me out there, she's going to be cracking up because she hates technology. She refuses to use it as much as possible anyway. And I'm always telling her, no, Terry, come into the 20th century or 21st century. Get the technology that you need going. Oh, and here I am fighting against it just about every day this week. Something weird like this has happened. It's too funny. Um, I mean, if I don't, I mean, literally, literally, I had visions of taking this printer and throwing it. I did kind of push it and it hit my wall and I've got a divot in my wall now. But I refuse to devolve into my, you know, 12-year-old tantrum self. So at some point here, hopefully today, I can fix this and get back to printing. If not, eh, maybe I'll just buy a new one. Oh, there you are, Terry. I hope you just heard everything I said. <laughs> oh, so uh, I kind of know what we're going to talk about this morning. And perhaps maybe this just sort of leaves it open for us to talk about whatever comes up, right? Um, because, I, you know. It's like the saying, what is it? Uh, humans plan, God laughs, right? So um, I, I just think that maybe sometimes that's the whole, you know, kitten caboodle of stuff. Uh, so here we are today with the moon in Scorpio and my least favorite sign for the moon. Because, you know, it, <laughs> not because I don't like Scorpio, but because every time the moon is in Scorpio, emotions are heightened and intense, right? That the moon somehow uh, ratchets up the emotional energy. So it could be a potent transformer for sure, or a time of transformation. Um, and it helps us to dive deeper into the emotions and why we might be feeling what we're feeling. Um, it is a time for healing and a time for personal growth. But it's that intense emotion that gets me every time with this moon moving. I could have guessed that the moon was in Scorpio because of my uh, reaction to my tech issues this morning. So I'm laughing at myself, really, because it's pretty funny. Uh, so when the moon 
is transiting through the sign of Scorpio, the emotions are definitely more intense. And we might find ourselves sort of experiencing that heightened sense uh, sensitivity uh, in both our emotional field and the receiving of emotions from other people. And Scorpio is also a very intensely um, psychic sign for the moon to be in. It's, an, a, it's a water sign, which means it holds a lot of energy for prophecy. And that brings me to this dream that I had this morning. Throughout my life, I've had so many different psychic experiences. One day I will write a book about all the experiences because they've usually been over the top in some way. And this morning I was dreaming about something that I don't remember. It was like a family dream. I think my grandson was in the dream. Not sure exactly what it was. And all of a sudden, what happens to me in dreams where I am predicting or a predictive sort of dream is that I end up rising up in the dream and looking back down at a map. And on the map is usually some indication, the, the state or the country or the, the part of the world that the map is being focused in on is where to expect some kind of disruption or some kind of event. And just before I was waking, because, uh, you know, my I, I woke right after this dream. So it was just before I woke. It was like this last minute thing. Oh, right. You have to see this. And I rise up above the map and it focuses in on the Bay Area of California and actually just below the Bay Area. So I got out my USA map this morning. I'm looking at that and it looks like the there was it was like a, a red dot. Um, let me see if I can like a dot and then concentric rings outside of it that were different colors. So it kind of looked like that. And I draw horribly. So there you go. There's that. That's kind of what it looked like with this part here in the middle, not being black, but it was red. And then outside of the red was orange and the outside of the orange was yellow and outside of the yellow was green. But it was like this target right at, say, uh, the space between Monterey and San Francisco. And I didn't have any clue as to what it was going to be about. Is it the weather? Is it a landslide? Is it an earthquake? Is it a... I don't know. But the only time I've ever had map dreams, something has happened there. So I'm... And, and not not being like in other dreams, I've seen either water when I had the dream of the 2005, 2004, whatever year it was, tsunami. It was definitely water inundating that area. Uh, one time, typically it is water actually. So maybe it is a water thing. Um, flood, fire, I don't know, earthquake. We'll see, I suppose. And hopefully nothing happens. Hopefully it was just this last minute look at that map, but I don't know why that map would show up, right? That's the key. Like, why would I suddenly have that map? It happened to me before in uh, a dream where I zeroed in on a place. One time it was, this was when I was way younger. Um, I think it was like Sioux City, Iowa or something, somewhere in Iowa, and it was a plane crash. And I didn't see the plane crashing. I just knew from the map, something there, weird stuff weird stuff that happens like that. So not that if you live in that area, just be aware 
I don't know what day or what time. I don't have a clue. The last time I had that dream, I woke up on Christmas Eve day. Uh, and I think the tsunami happened on the 26th, the day after Christmas. I'm not saying it's a tsunami. I don't know, do not know what it is. So uh, just be aware when I have that kind of dream, I know something might be happening. So that set the tone already for me this morning about this intense feeling. Uh, I'm digging out my map and I'm like, where was this? Where was this? Because no city was in the dream, just this dot over this space. And part of it was on land and part of it was in the water. And that was another weird thing. Like, that's what made me think of landslide where, you know, land coming down, maybe on Highway 101, um, moving it into the water. Don't know. But anyway, Terry, yes, think, take a look at it for your, in your awareness and see what you think or anybody else out there who might have um, any insight as to what that was all about. But there we go, right? The moon in Scorpio bringing up these types of things. It could be psychic impressions. It could be actual prophecy or prophetic in nature. It could be nothing. That's the nature sort of, of intuition, especially in human design. When you are, I, like I am, emotionally defined. So I can, so I know about my emotions and what I'm feeling. My intuition isn't as fine-tuned as my emotions are. So it is not always, um, it, it isn't always the way that I know what's going to happen. So that, it's inconsistent because I have an open spleen center. So here's the nature, right? So I can't always trust my intuition this way, right? I can't, because, especially if it's something big, because I don't know. So anyway, there you have that. Now, what else do we have with the moon going through Scorpio? We have the desire for depth and authenticity. There's just no superficial bone in Scorpio. So it's all about the depth. And um, it's also associated with our desire to uncover the hidden truths that really compromise who we are. So we're uncovering. I went through this entire exercise yesterday. And funny enough, the moon was in Scorpio yesterday. And I did it for myself. I did it for my two daughters. And I did it for Terry, Terry Strauss out there. And uh, because I wanted to know what it is that was most important for me to look at in my human design. And in human design, what we're looking at often is the repeating uh, gates that show up in your chart. So for example, uh, if you know your human design, you might gra grab it out and take a look at it. Uh, because, for example, in my chart, I have the gate uh, 40 that shows up four times. I have the gate 60 that shows up three times. And then a whole host of others that come out twice. And in examples that I've seen of other people's charts, you know, they may have one or two things that are doubled like that or tripled or quadrupled. So I had to look at what does that mean? Because that is a very focused energy. So I felt like yesterday was a day for me to uncover some deeper truths about myself. But also it was interesting to do that in context with my daughters because I got to see how our charts overlapped. I mean, 
even though I know these things, right, I, I've seen these things before, there was just something deeper in it. And that's the thing when we're doing the moon through Scorpio, we're looking for the deeper truths, right? We're looking for um, what is really most important in all of that. And Terry uh, Strauss, for you, I have to tell you that because she is a reflector, you know, she doesn't have any centers defined. So I can't really go, oh, that's an emotional blah, 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 or that's this. All I could really look at were her gates. And it was fascinating to see how many gates she had that were double, tripled, or uh, I don't know if you had any four four gates, Miss Terry, but um, it's a fascinating thing to do. So look at your human design charts, count up how many times any any gate shows up for you because that's a gate that holds a lot of information. The gate 40 is a gate of restoration. And so it answered for me the question why I go through these periods of time where it's all, you know, work and busy, busy, busy. And then that's followed by nothing, nothingness, where I am anxious about it or frustrated about it. And then it turns the other way and goes back. And that's because in that gate, you have to have time for restoration and renewal in order to keep doing what you do. Otherwise, you're you're tapping into willpower and pushing, right? And that can burn you out. So uh, it was it was huge for me, very huge for me to do that. And I would say, do it, right? right. Use the rest of the moon in Scorpio to go into this deeply for yourself. Now, that led me to some psychological insights, which is also a moon in Scorpio kind of thing, and the potential then for transformation. I, I mean, at least until my printer had this uh, issue this morning, and, you know, my husband's out there listening too. I saw him, you know, that piece, Terry, that always drives us crazy trying to get back in the printer. Yeah, I couldn't get back in the printer. Uh, so <clears throat> that's what you're going to help me with tonight when you get home. Uh, so transformation, right? That's the name of this game. When the moon is in Scorpio, it uh, elaborates for us or illustrates for us where the trouble spots are. And then, you know, by default, what do we, how do we respond to those things? And then how can we change that so that we are like the phoenix coming up out of the ashes and not having to experience those things in the same negative ways? And of course, we're also experiencing increased sensitivity on all levels, um, especially to power dynamics. There's an uh, funny, my daughter called me first thing this morning because I had texted her and said, hey, I haven't talked to you all week. Um, you know, she hasn't been responding to things that we've been working on. And so she called me to talk to me about uh, what was going on in her life. And it turns out that there's this power dynamic going on in her office that has been very disruptive for her. And interesting, right? It's moon and Scorpio. There we have it. And it came to a head. It's coming to a head today for her. Uh, but yesterday, it was like building up in intensity. And of course, in the sign of Scorpio, we also have the desire for more intimacy. This is a sign around bonding and um, merging energies, right? Bringing people together, connecting in intimacy, that it's also sexually intimate. 
uh, it is a, a huge sign of wanting to come together. Uh, and that can be a deeper connection, both in our romantic relationships, but also with our friends or with other people. It's distinctly the desire, though, not so much taking action on it, but the desire for intimacy and connection. Whether you drive out there to connect with people is up to you as an individual, but it's certainly the feeling of wanting to come together. And then, of course, the only thing that's my favorite part about the moon in Scorpio, because it goes right to what I absolutely love to do, is secrets and mysteries arise or get uh, revealed. Um, the, the, the deep dive through something is really very revelatory during the transit of the moon through Scorpio, and it brings to light hidden truths. Um, we uncover secrets, things that we didn't know about that are buried beneath the surface, right? And they can be secrets that we've hidden from ourselves as we do our own deep dive through our own uh, work or through our own lives, our own psychology. But it can also be revealed to us a secret that has been kept from us in the outer world or by from other people. So I always love that. Now, the moon is in Scorpio until... Uh, 5.57 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow morning, which means we have a void coming. And that void begins late tonight. It's not really going to be troubling to us at all. It is a six hour long void, but it happens while we're all sleeping. So who cares, right? It doesn't, we're not trying to do much in our, our um, sleep. We're trying to sleep <laughs> or we should be. Uh, but, you know, watch your dreams. Watch your dreams because this is a wandering moon. Uh, from 11.48 p.m. on the West Coast. So what would that be? 2.48 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast to um, 8.57 a.m. tomorrow morning for those of you on the East Coast. So uh, then after that point, the moon moves off into Sagittarius. So for the bulk of Saturday and Sunday, we have the moon in uh, a shifting pattern here that take goes from that intense... Um, inner work of Scorpio to the more expansive and adventurous qualities that we have in Sagittarius or that we find in Sagittarius. So it bumps up the optimism quotient when the moon makes that change, um, the enthusiasm quotient also rising. And during this transit, we feel more upbeat, more hopeful, uh, more adventurous. So we might be more inclined this weekend to embrace new um, opportunities or new adventures, um, and maybe even, you know, look at the world through the lens of curiosity and excitement. That is very Sagittarius. But there's also the desire for more freedom and exploration during this period of time. Sagittarius loves a good mystery as well. Um, but more in the sense of breaking free from routine and doing something new, right? Getting out away from the usual. Uh, so it's more of the explorer's mind than the digging through the dirt mind of the uh, Scorpio, right? So it's just a little bit different. Um, but we can also feel very restless during this time if we're not out doing things. So what we need to do is embark on a journey, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, doesn't really matter. But we have to do something with this energy of uh, an exploratory sort of way. It's also a nature sign. It's nature loving. So if it's possible where you are, get out into nature. Um, it's been so blustery and windy and 
cold and snowing one minute, raining the next minute here. It's been hard to actually get out and go do anything in terms of nature. Um, so I'm hoping maybe we have a break in the weather so I could get out and do some things that would really help my frame of mind, I think. Maybe you too, where you live, are experiencing very much this more closeted energy and it's time to get out. Um, there's also spontaneity in this sign with uh, the moon and Sag and more of an intellectual growth, perhaps, because, you know, where um, Sagittarius loves to learn, it loves to learn deeply. So it goes into the depth of something and explores all the avenues within it. Uh, so you can almost feel like if you're out in nature and you're on a, a trail, um, and you want to see what all the little byway trails lead you to, right? That's kind of the feeling with the moon and Sagittarius, whether that is a subject that you're reading about, or is it a trail that you're taking, or is it a drive that you're on? You want, There's this feeling of needing to get more, to go further, to dig deeper, perhaps even. Um, and if we don't take care of ourselves during this period of time and and play to that need for that exploration and that growth, then we end up in restlessness or impulsivity, which means that we do whatever it is re recklessly, perhaps, because we just need to break the tension that we're feeling. So we may feel a strong urge to seek excitement and adventure, but then if we don't think first and then act, this is fire then we might find ourselves with uh, a problem that we didn't intend, right? Uh, the connection to the, to nature and the outdoors is huge. So if you can get a chance, go out in nature. Overall, this uh, transit of the moon in Sagittarius brings about optimism and adventure, an adventure feeling, intellectual curiosity. So it's time to explore. It's time to expand. Embracing possibilities. That's another word that we're going to talk about again here soon. Possibilities beyond your normal boundaries, right? Going beyond where you typically uh, spend your time doing something completely different. All right. So let's see who is out there this morning. Pam Zaruba, good morning. She says she loves her brother printer. I have an HP Envy and it has been the best printer ever, but I got it in like 2015 maybe. I don't know. It's been in service for a while. So maybe it's time for a new one. I don't know. Or maybe it's time just not to print things. Maybe just do like I'm doing this morning off the cuff because I couldn't print what I wanted to print. Good morning, Catherine Worcester and LS. Uh, I think I said good morning to you, but uh, good morning to Terry Hickox. It's good to see you out there this morning. Jolie, good to see you as well. Um <laughs> You'll see the divot in the wall when you get home because I definitely pushed that printer away from me. J-Lo, good morning to you. Amy D says, maybe it's time for a new printer. I have had that thought several times. It just irritates me, though, because it's in excellent condition. It seems to work just fine. And then it has a moment. It has a moment. It breaks down or it does this weird stuff to me. And then it, once fixed, it goes back on to doing, doing, doing. It's really very much reliable most of the time, but again, getting older. So maybe it's not interfacing with the um, laptop 
uh, energy, right? It, as they do updates and so forth, maybe the printer isn't updating along with it. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So uh, also this morning, if you have any questions, go ahead and write those down there uh, because some of the information we're going to go to next is more uh, about um, human design. And some of you are not as familiar about that so or with that. So Terry Strauss, uh, it's time to get your chart out if you have it so you could look at this. Uh, okay. So um, before I get to the human design aspect, we are in the midst of a transit today with the uh, sun in a sextile to Jupiter. And this is a really positive aspect. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure why the traumas and the dramas in my life this morning, but it does create a harmonious alignment between the two, right? Between the sun and between Jupiter. And it amplifies the positive energies, right? That's the whole purpose of this kind of a transit. And it's amplifying the energies of both Pisces and Taurus, right? That's where the sextile is happening. A sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the two planets and it just mostly harmonizes the energy of the sun and its ego personality outward growth energy and jupiter's expansive positive um energy so it's expansive it's expansive energy plain and simple it's expansion it's abundant it's about growth and when it forms a sextile to the sun it enhances the sun's influence right so it's bringing a sense of opportunity possibility and optimism to the table bigger and better right um so it does bring the potential for more success in your life and for success in your projects or whatever it is that you're working on it also bumps up the creativity energy and the imaginative energy because the sun is in pisces a sign of the imagination and of creativity there's that strong influence of the sun on these parts of our lives the uh as well as the intuitive gifts that we have and it can inspire us to tap into then our creative potential and explore artistic endeavors, spiritual endeavors, starting a project, looking at a project in a new way. Um, and of course, we may find that our intuition is heightened. Not surprising, perhaps, that in the uh, face of that aspect, also that dream that I had that often provokes some something within me that I realize is going to happen out in the world. This is practicality and sta stability as well, because we have Taurus involved. This is where Jupiter is. So the practical and the stable part of all of this is where if, if we're creating and we're using our imagination, remember in Pisces, there's not boundaries. So imagination is free to roam and grow and roll with the ideas as much as it wants to. But with Jupiter and Taurus, it has to have a sense of practical application somewhere. Uh, we have to be able to bring it into reality. Otherwise, it just lies up here in the imagination. So Jupiter forming the sextile here, it's the opportunity then for us to blend Jupiter's expansive qualities with Taurus groundedness in order to take practical steps toward whatever it is that we're trying to create. Or maybe a long-term goal or uh, creating more financial security. Taurus is a financial sign. Uh, creating more stable uh, relationships. Also, Venus ruling Taurus is 
relationship. So it's really some good energy. It also gives us a sense of confidence more uh, able to feel the ground beneath our feet as we're creating something new. Um, and if we can blend the optimism and the groundedness and use the sun's energy, the huge light, we can advance forward, right, in our goals and uh, see that pursuing our vision is also about taking action, right, taking action. Uh, Jupiter is also associated with generosity, uh, with uh, the gifts of the heart, right? Gifts of giving and receiving. So we may be more inclined to share of ourselves and our resources during this uh, transit, um, giving back maybe to our communities in meaningful ways. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude can also be very important now. And that is a, a way for us to recognize the abundant nature of the world around us, that um, it's not all printers going haywire and computers and internet and phones going down, that there's a, this abundant nature in the universe. Um, and when we take practical steps forward in our lives, we are often rewarded by seeing the uh, fruits of our labors. So it, it is an interesting transit, a good transit to have, I suppose. Um, and, you know, no transit is actually um, bad. There aren't bad I mean, there are difficult transits, but I don't want to characterize this as good versus a square between the sun and Jupiter as bad. They're, you know, equal opportunity um, transits, right? It's up to us to express those energies in the positive uh, way versus the negative way, because you could also do a negative thing where you're just rolling on ahead, doing things that have no meaning and finding yourself uh, later going, why did I waste all this time, all, all this money, all this effort, right? So we, we do want to um, approach with groundedness anything that we are doing uh, this weekend. All right, so now let's talk about our interface with the divine. So interesting, in your human design, you all have the head center. We before I go into this, we all have all of the human design, right? We all have it all. There's nothing missing, right? You're not, if, if it's not defined, if it's white, it means it's not consistent in your chart, right? So for example, in my own chart, I have an open head. There's no gates defined on my head at all, not even hanging ones, right? So I could look at that and think I'm missing something, but I'm not. So I'd want you guys to understand that you still have a head center. You still have gates 64, 61, and 63 in the head center. You have, and I'm just picking on those because that's what we're going to talk about. Versus you thinking that when I say that it's an open gate or an open uh, center that somehow means you don't have access to it. It's that you don't access it in the same way as someone who has it defined. Okay, that's important. It's really important because when we're looking at the head center, you'll notice in a human design chart, did I leave mine open? Uh, not my chart, but um, let me see if I can get it and show it. So body graph. 
um, you'll notice that the head center is partway above outside of the physical body and it is also uh, partway in the body. So just one minute here while I bring a chart presentation up. I had this open earlier. And let me see if I can share my screen. There we go. All right, so hopefully you guys are seeing this human design chart. I'm making it bigger if I can here. Okay, so notice here, here's the head center and the three gates are the 64, the 61 and the 63. And here's the body. You can see the outline of the body, the head here. And this is up above it as well as in the body. So it becomes the interface for us with the divine. And these gates are all about the questions that we ask that bring us input from the divine and also from the world we live in, right? From within us. So these gates here are definitely inside the body, but they're open to receiving from above. I hope that makes sense, right? So everybody understands that, right? So when we have planets that sit at any of these gates, it can change the way that we are available to receive information from the divine. And the divine could be called source. It could be called universal mind. It could be called God. It doesn't matter what you call it. It is the part of us as human that interfaces with the unseen realm, right? Spirit. And you all have access to it. All of you. There's nobody that's missing anything. <laughs> now, having said that, this week, starting today, actually, the sun is transiting through the gate 63. And the gate 63 is called the gate of doubt. And it means that all of us during this week, whether you have it defined or not in your chart by birth, it is defined this week. And we may be experiencing a lot of uncertainty and may be questioning things in our lives right now. The, the question um, that the gate 63 often asks is what and is it true, right? That's the doubt speaking, right? Is this true? So we sometimes think of this as the um, time for us to embrace um, the inner skeptic and to challenge our assumptions, challenging ourselves to, you know, have we always assumed that these certain things were true about ourselves? Uh, and uh, now's the time to question it. Is that true? What does that mean? Right? It's a great question. Uh, but also avoid being overly critical or pessimistic. This is not a time to let those thoughts wander off into some kind of diatribe against yourself or against um, your abilities. Because the tendency that we might have when the sun is at the 63 is so it shines this intense spotlight on um, our uncertainty or on what we're questioning about ourselves or about our lives. And then we take it up and use it as doubt in ourselves. Where in reality, 
we're meant to use doubt as a way to be more discerning about what we are receiving as information from outside of us. Maybe that is from the divine. Maybe that is from our friends or our family or from media or from, you know, groups that we are aligned with. So it brings up a questioning and it is the question itself the questions that you ask that open up that interface to the divine. If you never ask any questions, if you never ask the what, the how, the why, is it true? You're never going to get the information flowing in the same way from the divine. Does that make sense to everybody? Let me go check that. I want to make sure everybody's understanding what I'm talking about here. So ask the questions. And then open up to receiving the answers. And those answers could come in in many different ways, right? Sometimes they're dropped on us like a hot potato. And now we're like, oh, wow, that's way too much too fast. Uh, some people need to slow down the integration of the information that they receive. Others get it right in the moment. But it's not how you get it or when you get it. It's that you won't receive any thing if you don't start the inquiry. It's the question that starts the process because it starts the process of thinking and receiving information from the higher planes. All right. All right. I don't hear anybody squawking at me out there. I don't see any questions. So hopefully you're getting all of this. Now I'm going to take this to another level. I've really been wanting to do this for a long time to bring more of the gene keys into this. And for those of you who are fairly new to watching my program, um, the gene keys are the next level, if you will, of human design. And it, it's not that it's better. It just takes the energies of human design and puts them in a way that allows us to see the, the road or the path of transformation for us as humans. It connects it to our genes, to our DNA, to the DNA level. So when we're looking at the gate 63, it is becoming the gene key 63, which is our transformational path from doubt to truth using inquiry, asking the questions, right? So we're going from doubt in the shadow to inquiry as the gift and truth as the city. S-I-D-D-H-I, for those of you who are fairly new, city. It's a Sanskrit word that just is the highest expression of uh, a trait in this case, right? The trait is about doubt. So it's... Um, the shadow frequency would be doubt. The gift frequency would be inquiry. And the gift, the Siddic frequency is truth. Okay, so we can look at these as frequencies. Um, and it's holographic, right? It's holographic. It all exists within us at once. Right? So it's not like, again, you're missing truth because you haven't asked the question. It's there. It's all there for us to discover, for us to ask the right questions and get to the right answers. Now, the shadow frequency of doubt um, can manifest as skepticism. It can manifest as um, pessimism. 
it can manifest in a lot of different ways in which it causes us to ask more questions or to look deeper at something. So for example, you know, you might be um, thinking about doing something in your life different than what you've been doing, but maybe you have doubt that it is possible for you. Like maybe there's just this field of energy that you got stuck in um, that made you start to doubt your motivations, doubt your own heart, and then you become pessimistic thinking I'm, it, it can be almost the invitation to dive into victim consciousness because, you know, I can't make that happen. Um, it's not going to happen for me, that kind of thing. So when we're in that kind of doubt, it can be where we become overly critical of ourselves, uh, overly critical of others, you know, that maybe we are um, projecting upon blame, right? They're, they're causing me to not be able to do what I want to do. It's because of their illness. It's because of their, you fill in the blank, right? That I can't be who I want to be or do what I want to do. Okay, so we get skeptical, we get challenged by pessimism, etc. That's in the shadow. That's when you know you are operating in the shadow frequency of that gate, right? So now the next thing that we do is we elevate ourselves out of doubt and we move into um, the gift frequency here, which is inquiry. And inquiry is really about activating the curiosity within you. I wonder what would happen if, I wonder if it's possible for this, right? Asking questions. Is it true that I can't fix my printer on my own? Probably not because I have fixed it before. I just don't know how I did it. If I did it once, I could do it again. <laughs> so Terry, <laughs> my printer might be fixed before you get home from work tonight now, right? Possibility thinking is uh, triggered by curiosity, which is triggered by inquiry, right? So inquiry being the gift frequency here. And it's a questioning from a place of open-mindedness, openness and receptivity, being open, right? And instead of succumbing to the doubt or uh, using, uh, another way to say that, using your questioning nature as a tool for self-discovery and growth, okay? Now, the Cidic frequency. Now, this is the um, total embodiment of truth, right? Those people, and I'm not sure if there are any people uh, that would be beyond me to, to know for certain, has, is there anybody who's really transcended the shadow and fully integrated the gift of inquiry um, to reach a state of profound inner truth? I, I'm sure that there is there are people out there that have really done this work and they're able to perceive truth beyond the limitations of doubt and skepticism. And they are out there inspiring others uh, through their clarity and their authenticity, perhaps, right? It could be a completely different feel for us when we have gotten into the level of the acidic uh, frequency of anything. And by the way, we're talking about this because this week, starting today, the sun is at the gate 63, which is the gate of doubt, the one that we've been talking about. And at the same time, the earth is sitting in the gate 64, the gate of confusion, right? Confusion. And that question in that gate is about how, right? Like I said, 
the world sometimes just drops in all of this information and you're like, how do I take care of this? How do I make this happen? How do I do it? Right? So let's finish up with the 63 here though. So um, clarity comes when we use inquiry as a tool to get to the answers. And without the closed-minded, narrow-mindedness that can happen as well here, right? If you are, in truth, um, you've gotten there through inquiry that didn't have boundaries on uh, old belief systems or old philosophies, you were, you inquire with an open mind, right? So it tells us that we have to transcend our beliefs or what we think we are, what we think is possible, all that kind of stuff. All right. So explore the nature of doubt in your own life this week. What do you doubt about yourself? Inquire. Ask the question, what more is possible in this situation or what more is possible in my life? Um, is this imagination, creative energy that I've been feeling possible for me to create something with, right? Ask those questions. Um, recognize that doubt can be a stepping stone to a deeper expression of yourself or to the deeper inquiry, right? Um, embrace the gift of inquiry align with the truth, whatever it is you discover, and unlock your highest potential. That is the gift of the sun in the gate 63 for all of us this week. So whether you have that gate defined normally or not, it is defined today through, let's see, it is through March 6th. All right. So we have five days worth, six days if you count today, of inquiry, asking the questions, being curious, looking for answers without doubting your own self. Okay. And if you have that defined already, take a look at what planet defines that. And um, how does that change the energy the way that you're going to experience it? Because in a way, if you already have that defined, another planet coming to roost there amps up the energy, right? So it can be maybe a little more difficult because now you've added a second planet to, or maybe even a third planet. What if the gate 63, uh, I think it was in one of my daughters, the gate 63 was a repeating theme. And now you have another planet coming to roost there. It could be positive in a way. It could bring those aha moments. So it's not uh, a bad thing if you already have it to find. It just means that there's more added to it. You'd have to go a little deeper, perhaps. Maybe get a Gene Keys book out. That's, you know, yes, I told you guys yesterday I discovered the gate 40 is uh, like repeated four times in my chart. Um, the planets involved are Pluto, the moon, and my north node, I think. I think. And I know what the gate 40 is all about. And I know what the shadow expression is, etc. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out my Gene Keys book, which is a very thick book. If you've ever seen the Gene Keys, take a look, right, how thick that is. And the cover may be different now. This is an old version because I've had this probably since 2014. And I'm going to read more about the Gene Key 40. Why? Because it's going to give me the gift, the shadow, and the city. 
Well, I might also do that now with the sun at gate 63 so that I can see the shadow, the gift, and the city through the lens of contemplation, which is what the Gene Keys really invites us to do, to contemplate. Contemplate the deeper levels, the deeper meaning of all of this in our lives, okay? All right, uh, let me go quickly to the bottom here and see if there are questions. Hello, Ingrid Johns. Uh, Terry says, maybe your son is messing with you. <sighs> he wouldn't do that to me. Oh, yes, he would. He's sort of that way. Uh, okay, no questions. Did I disappear? Are you guys out there? All right. Uh, I agree, Ingrid, it is an exciting time. Mm, some days are more exciting than others. <laughs> All right, Earth in the gate 64, also on the head center, or the center that is receiving divine inspiration or divine information, divineness, right? It's the interface. It's an interface gate. And the earth in anything is always about what needs to be grounded first in order to really get through uh, self-doubt, then we have to understand earth at 64. And the earth at 64 is a state of transition and transformation where the old patterns, they're breaking down, they're going away and new ones are not yet clear. So we get confusion. Confusion isn't a problem with your brain. It isn't a problem with, I mean, unless there's a brain issue that is besides the point, but, you know, don't take confusion as a sign that, um, that there's something wrong with you. It just really is here to tell you that the old patterns are breaking down in your life. They're moving out of your life, but yet the new pattern isn't yet as clear as it's going to be at some other point. And what really triggers the um, clarity is an epiphany, right? When you stop working the problem in your brain, then it allows the space for an aha moment to occur. And unfortunately, if we're always worry, worry, worry about trying to figure things out, we never stop the thinking process and uh, we can be the block then to this inspiration that uh, wants to come through. So. This is a time to trust your intuition. It's the real way that we have to go through this. Uh, follow your curiosity, but also avoid being distracted or scattered by too many possibilities because that's also inherent in this gate. It contributes to the confusion, right? Getting too many ideas, uh, going, you know, to the nth degree of something. Uh, and uh, what do we call that? Circular thinking, right? You get to the nth degree, but then you find yourself back at the beginning again and you've not settled on anything, right? You've not answered the question how. So we want to avoid that. We want to be thinking that I couldn't take that away from you if I tried, right? Um, but we want to use our intuition to know what is the right path for the thinking to come through. Um, the combination of these two gates, the 63 and the 64 here, can create a lot of mental pressure and mental anxiety, but also the potential for insight and innovation in our lives. So we have these two extremes, right, where too much thinking can create anxiety or exacerbate the anxiety that we're already feeling, because trust me when I say this planet is one big ball of anxiety at this point in time. So to balance our doubt with curiosity, 
is the path out of this and to balance confusion with intuition is the way for the 64. Okay. And as I said before, I do not have the spleen defined. So for me, my intuition isn't always my power, but I still have it. Right. So you might be thinking, well, I'm emotionally defined or I'm sacrally defined. I don't have access to the spleen center of intuition, so I can't use intuition. Intuition doesn't always doesn't only live there. It lives in literally there's intuition in almost every gate in the human design. It's everywhere. Right. Because it's one of the ways of knowing that we as human beings have as a gift right? It's the gift of our creation that we are intuitive and instinctual, right? We can use both words there. We're also in some ways just knowing. We just know. We don't know how we know what we know. We just know. But we've been artificially preempted by this idea of science and logic to only think logically. So this is our opportunity. This kind of week brings up the opportunity for us to tune in in a different way to get our answers, not from logic, but from knowingness or from, well, actually 63 is the opening to logic. So we want to use thinking and logic, but we also want to be in the wonder, in the awe, and also in the the uh, knowingness, right? Tapping into something completely different, using all of our gifts, in other words, helps us move through the week ahead. Now, when we look at this through the gene keys, right, the gene keys, the very last gate, right, the very last gene key, it's like the epilogue of this book of life, right, the 64 is uh, the one. And that shadow frequency, we're, it, when we're looking at this, when we're walking the path from confusion to illumination via imagination. That's what the 64 is all about. So in the frequency of the shadow or a fear, it is confusion. In the gift, the frequency is that of imagination. And the frequency of the city, the highest expression is illumination. Illumination. The lights are on and we see it all, right? It all comes together. Now in the shadow frequency, of confusion, the gene key can manifest as mental confusion, indecision, uh, a lack of clarity, right? Not being able to see the truth. Um, and if we're operating in that shadow frequency, we may become overwhelmed by the complexity or the uncertainty or all of the thoughts going around in our head. And it might feel disorienting. It can feel, it can fuel the doubt with the sun at the gate 63. So the gift frequency here is imagination. And when we activate the gift of imagination, now we are tapping into our creative potential and the envisioning of new possibilities coming from our creative potential. And it can become a powerful tool for exploring what more is possible, it, what is innovative, what is new, what is different, what... Um, what could I use to overcome this confusion, to transcend that confusion, and to discover new insights and new solutions to all the problems, not necessarily the big problems of the world, but the problem of my printer. I'm going to use it for that. All right. Now, in the Cidic, 
um, frequency, which again, I don't know if there are people on the planet that have reached illumination. I think sometimes we all reach it in certain ways at certain times, and then maybe we lose connection to it, and then we go back maybe into imagination. It's possible. Because we're all working this, right? Even if we don't know necessarily that we're working it. It's more powerful, I think, when we know that this is what we're working. Um, but I'm sure that at some points in our lives, we have actually reached the frequency of illumination in some way. And it means that you've transcended the shadow of whatever it is that you've been working with, and maybe even fully integrated the gift of imagination to reach a state of clarity or an insight in your life. Um, once we reach that level of illumination, we're able to perceive the underlying patterns and the interconnectedness of life and experience moments of enlightenment uh, and spiritual awakening like that which we haven't yet experienced perhaps in our lives, right? That's why you're here. That's why you came to this planet, right? To go through all of these things. So the Gene Key 64 is an invitation for us to explore the relationship between confusion, imagination, and illumination within ourselves, but with also within our relationships. And we do that by embracing imagination and cultivating a sense of wonder and awe. And that just pure questioning curiosity, why is this? What is that? What more could be? And, um, you know, tapping into higher levels of consciousness from our imagination. And ultimately, this journey uh, leads us to the realization of inner illumination and the recognition of our own true nature. It's a pretty powerful week that we are on. And I really like doing this, interacting between human design and gene keys. Now the question becomes, how many of you have I lost? Who's confused out there? I only have a few more minutes, though, so what questions can I answer for you? Uh, TJ, journaling uh, Patty's thoughts in notes on uh, the almanac. Good idea. That's great. Use your almanac, you know, for, uh, that's not the almanac. Oh, gosh, I had it out the other day because I did the show on Wednesday with, what is her? Well, in the almanac, where on earth did I put it? Well, anyway, if you have the almanac, open it up and inside of it are places to write notes, right? Put your notes, make a, use it as a journal, perhaps. Uh, Pam says her Pluto is at 64, grounded with the sun and, it, and earthly transformation. So it sounds like then, Pam, what you're saying is that is a repeat gate for you, right? Because you're saying Pluto is there. Is your, no, your sun isn't there, is it? Maybe. Let me know what you're thinking there. But certainly, if it's already activated in the chart, then having the sun or earth come across it is going to activate it further. Jamon, do the colors purple and blue mean anything? I always think of them as very spiritual, right? The blue uh, is the color of the throat chakra, so it has to do with communication. And the color purple... Uh, indigo, perhaps the third eye and uh, the crown chakra is white. So it, it seems to resonate with maybe some of the energies that of the week um, ahead, the week ahead for sure. 
Um, Pam, my 63 Chiron, 64 Pluto, earthly transformation of the child wound. Uh, there's all of that. Uh, all of that good stuff. All right. So I don't see any questions. So, um, Terry, if anybody was going to have questions, it was going to be uh, Terry, who's fairly new to human design. So if you do have questions, you can certainly send them to me. Let's do a couple of cards for us for the weekend. And somebody said something earlier about Dreamweavers. And I forgot I have a deck of cards called the Dreamweavers. And I just need to find it in my... Hmm. Are you hiding from me, Dreamweavers? Holy cow, you are. Or you're under this one. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I have no idea where the Dreamweavers went. Hmm. Well, we won't be doing that card then. That's so strange. So, <sighs> things go missing. <laughs> like, where is my energy almanac? I had it out yesterday or the day before yesterday because we did the show with Tam on Friday. On... No, it's not there. And now my Dreamweavers deck is missing. So we're going to do an energy of the seven or Oracle of the seven energies. This is a deck by Colette Baron reed And it is uh, kind of a wonderful deck. It takes different energies and looks at them. Let's see. Maybe that's what we needed. Was that rather than a Dreamweavers card? And I get Sacred Reverence. Card number 47. Interesting because that's an 11, which is Illumination. So here we see, this is a beautiful card. In the heart is the key, right? You see the key inside the heart and the heart uh, above the heart and the hands. Sacred rever reverence. So card 47, let's see what this has to say for us for the weekend. Key concepts of this card, awe for the truth that spirit is everywhere. Inspiration coming through you as a result of reverence joyful living, exploring possibilities with curiosity, spiritual passion, manifesting from the starting point of the realm of spirit. Looking at the world, do you see all of life or only a limited part? When you look at a blade of grass, do you see just a plant? When you encounter a puppy, do you see just an animal? While this categorizing is one way of viewing the world, it is only a fraction of the truth. It isn't enough. Look closer and you'll observe the luminosity imminent in these living, sentient beings. If you can allow yourself to take in all the world, including its spirit, then you see the whole. Reverence is an act of deep witnessing, respect, and awe. You experience it when you perceive every being and everything and every plant, rock, and tree as sacred and alive. You naturally lean into a state of bliss and harmony and a profound sense of well-being. Whatever your dilemma or question, try to reframe your perspective to acknowledge the spiritual. If everything has value, including your most frustrating challenge, <laughs> oh, would you still ask your question from the same place? Can you regard the other as sacred, thereby erasing the separation between you? Embracing the perfection of how you came together is real magic, and you are tapping into this unity right now. No matter who or what is in front of you, see that person or thing as luminous and your interaction as holy. Then you will know what to do for the highest good of all. I'm going to practice that. <laughs> 
I'll let y'all know how that goes. Sacred Reverence, card 47. It's a beautiful card, beautiful message. That is it for me today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you on Monday. Have a blessed weekend. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.